0: hello and welcome back to the wealth and freedom nexus this will actually be a shorter intro as i'm still getting over some crud that has affected my voice for the last two weeks i'll be pairing this with some additional posts on my Instagram page, W Freedom Nexus. So be sure to follow me if you aren't aren't already doing that. Here it is Wednesday, April 12th, episode 78 of the WFN podcast. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for stopping by and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for the returning guests, as always, thank you again for your continued support and listenership. Now, for stars, you probably have noticed I have I don't have a ton of returning guests, and the ones that I do are usually in relation to What's changed from last year to this year, say with taxes, which is why I had Yona Weiss on episode 12 and then returned at the beginning of this year uh, back in episode 68. Uh, 64, to share the changes for cost segregation for greater tax savings, for instance. Now, today's guest was with us last year for episode 24, sharing some tips on how to create wealth and maximizing your returns with short-term rentals on, say, Airbnb or VRB. Tim Hubbard is coming back to share his story as a digital nomad, if you will, as he spends a lot of time in the South American country of Columbia. Now, for many of us, Colombia may bring visions of a country overrun by drug lords, such as, you know, the show Narcos with Pablo Escobar. Now, I'm not going to say that all problems have been eradicated. Every country has issues, let's be honest. Hell, look at us here in the United States. We have had a fentanyl crisis for years. And, you know, if I wanted to, I could probably do a podcast just on the issues here in the United States, and it would probably go for about two, three hours. You know, no country is perfect. There's no utopia out there, so to speak. But it's one thing to read about how a country has changed and might be a good fit for, you know, an expat or a digital nomad, you know, looking for, you know, better health care, better tropical environment, or maybe a lower cost of living, but it's uh, quite another to actually listen to someone firsthand that has actually lived there, still lives there, and chooses to continue to live there and get a complete picture. Again, not saying dust off your passport, head to Colombia right the second, do your own diligence do do your own diligence dil, yeah do your own do diligence first. Wow, that's a bit of a tongue twister right there. So with that, this is our seventh country spotlight after Belize, Nicaragua, Panama. Puerto Rico, Cyprus, and Cambodia previously, which we will get into after a word from our sponsors. For investors seeking DSCR financing, check out timothyhero.com. The guy has closed over 150 DSCR loans in the last two years and has been appearing on podcasts and written about by journalists. He's well-connected with some of the best lenders in the game and can get you the financing for your rental properties. You've worked hard for your money. You're likely working harder than ever. Your money should be doing the same. Most high net worth individuals have incredible focus for their trained profession. But they are not trained investors. Without the right investing education, uncertainty and risk increase, sidelining most highly paid professionals. And yes, stocks and 401ks are the sidelines. Step into the arena with real estate investing. You can get educated and follow proven real estate business models with Flip and Danny Lynn Robison. Their book, Get Real, Understand Real Estate Before It's Too Late, will lead you toward passive income and financial freedom. Generate significant income in the short term and build long-term wealth at the same time. Read Get Real by Flip and Danny Lynn Robison. Get the book for free by texting GET to 66866. Again, that is text GET to 66866.
1: Are you tired of trying to keep ahead in the rat race, only to have so much of your hard-earned money going to the tax collector? Equity doesn't pay the bills. Retirement savings don't pay you now, and there are only 24 hours in a day to work. The only solution is passive income that pays you 24-7 now, not 40 years from now from vetted investment opportunities to tax-saving strategies. Let John guide you through all the confusion and take control of your financial life in pursuit of financial freedom. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Wealth and Freedom Nexus.
0: sick and tired of your day job? Do you think that there might be more to life than to live and die by the nine to five? If so, you are not alone. I left my safe and secure job in 2019. And since then I have met many entrepreneurs that have done the same thing. If you've enjoyed the Wealth and Freedom Nexus podcast for the educational news, tune into my YouTube channel for the inspirational stories on how you can say screw the W2. Go to youtube.com backslash w freedom nexus and look for the Screw the W-2 playlist. New episodes drop every Saturday and later this year will be released on all popular podcast platforms. As always, this is John Rickard, investor, educator, realtor, helping you find your way to wealth and freedom. Hey, Tim, welcome back to the show. How are things?
2: And doing well, John. Good to be back here.
0: Yeah, it's good. Now, obviously, it took a little different shift with this episode. Wanted to do another uh, country spotlight where I think the UN, I can't remember their official definition of what a country is, but we'll just say there's about 200 countries, give or take on planet Earth. And you've actually lived in Colombia for quite a while. So maybe we'll just start from the beginning. How did you end up in Colombia? (laughs) And how long have you been living in the country?
2: Yeah, no, uh, good question. Well, I'm Been traveling around for a really long time. You know, I've gone to probably 80 countries and lived in a lot of different cities and gone back to a lot of different cities I really liked. And Medellin, specifically the city in Colombia where I live, is one of those ones I just kept going back to. Okay. originally discovered it through a good friend of mine that we went to college together and he had moved down there this was back in 2014 15 i guess he'd lived down there for about a year and we had traveled around quite a bit he said hey you got to come down and check this place out it's really nice so i went down there and kept going back and you know just made it more permanent all (laughs) right (laughs) sounds good now i'm guessing
0: you probably get this you know quite a bit i'm sure there's still a Fair amount of stigma, but I think everyone just thinks, you know, is Columbia safe? I mean, isn't it just overrun overrun by crime and drug lords and cocaine dealers, you know, on every street corner, or is that not quite the reality of it?
2: No, no, that's that's not the reality. I, it's it's easy to think that though. I, with the just the sheer amount of narco series there are on Netflix, I mean, it's like every other month there's a new Pablo Escobar yeah. narco series. <laughs> but the reality is that that ended in the late '80s, like early okay. '90s. So we're talking forty years ago now. Not that drug trafficking ended. That still exists, and that exists yeah. all over the world, as far as I understand. But it's not something you see in the cities. It's not something that's ever affected me. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it still exists there. But those big cartels that everyone thought about and being the crime capital of the world, that that was a long time ago. And so I would say that there's plenty of places right in the United States that you could argue are more dangerous than Medellin, Colombia or yeah, Colombian but-
0: general. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I know a number of years ago when they had the George Floyd riots in the cities and being Mm -hmm. here in Minnesota, we just say the cities for Minneapolis, St. Paul, and even some of my out of state, out of country friends, like, are you okay? Have you been, you know, impacted? I'm like, I live in Marshall. That's three and a half hours away. It's not, you know, (laughs) but I'm sure, you know, obviously the news does a great job of making things seem worse than they probably are or not keep up with the times." So
2: that that is that's the goal of the news right it's to always have something to keep someone entertained i I I always remember back, I don't know where I read it, but someone was talking about how news used to be where, when an actual event happened, someone wrote about it, but now events happen, even if they don't happen, because the news has to have something to talk about. So exactly. uh, No, no, same thing happens to me. A lot of times, you know, it's I'll be somewhere in the world and people say, Hey, or is everything okay? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I haven't noticed anything.
0: so. So, All right. Now, you know, obviously the Pablo Escobar and you know narco series that you know kind of out of the picture. As far as the you know what's like the climate of the country and you know uh being here in the US, you know we have everything from tornadoes to hurricanes, but is there any specific mm-hmm. or severe weather
2: events one needs to worry about in Colombia? Yeah, good good question. So, Colombia's a large large country. And depending on where you're at, the weather can be really different. So they have cold climates, they have really hot climates, they have desert, they have ocean. I mean, they kind of have a little bit of all of it. They have jungle. And the city where I live, Medellin is they call it the city of eternal spring. Actually. It's okay. it's how it's known by a lot of people because it's high, it's higher up in the mountains and the temperature basically doesn't change all year round. So I'd say the average temperatures between 73, 76 degrees, it's pretty ideal nice. and it's not very humid there. It does have a couple times of the year where it rains more. Okay. So, but it's not. You know, I've been in some crazy tropical rains, like in Costa Rica, and I've never experienced anything like that in Colombia, where it's just okay. nonstop for you know weeks at a time. But it's usually like afternoon rains. When it's in the rainy season, you can't get a couple of days back to back. But it's not something that's deterred me from from living living okay. here.
0: So. Sounds good. All right. Well, now they, you know, obviously here being in the United States, I've seen kind of an uptick in the last few years of either retirees or digital nomads or expats leaving the U.S. and, you know, going to Mexico, Belize, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, you know, take your pick. As far as Colombia is concerned, is there a large expat digital nomad population like yourself or is it still kind of lower on the totem pole for expat countries?
2: No, I, I think it's, uh, it it's, there definitely is. There definitely okay. is. I have never, never seen so many expats living in Medellin as I have now. I mean, okay. it's like, it, you can't even get reservations at the nice restaurants anymore, unless you book them out like a couple weeks. So I mean, like oh, wow. tens of thousands of people, I would imagine Medellin. When I first went, when I first moved to Columbia, it wasn't, As much like that, but it was still popular and that's, you know, eight years ago now, I guess. But I think there's quite a few things that make it a good candidate for someone that's considering living abroad or at least partially living abroad. One is that it's close to the U.S. So they have tons of direct flights from Miami, for example, every day. It's only three hours direct flight. They're inexpensive. So it's close to the U.S. It's on central time most of the year, except for when U.S. has daylight savings time. I changes. hope we get rid of that this year. Yeah, but... I know, too. I, <laughs> I, I usually have at least one day where I'm off on all my appointments. Yeah, my appointment. <laughs> I've been there. So it's, it's you know, nice weather. The cost of living is definitely much more affordable than most places in the U.S. in terms of food and, you know, okay. services and entertainment and all those types of things and living just straight up living so sure it's got a lot of things going for it it's a good candidate all right now you mentioned like a food and
0: you know maybe just take the top three housing food and healthcare. you know mm-hmm. what are typical you know like average rents what's like you mentioned the restaurants you have to book out ahead of ahead of time like a couple of weeks what's a you know a nice dinner with an alcoholic
2: drink in columbia or in the city there so I would say healthcare first of all I think if private healthcare so there's a difference between sure. having their being you know, on their public and private but I have private healthcare and it's amazing I mean it is amazing really good quality really they have some of the best hospitals in South America as far as I know okay. and so all you know I've I've had some medical stuff happen and been really well taken care of and my private policy i want to say is like $90 a month maybe wow. and you know i'm a healthy relatively younger individual so but i i don't think that that goes up too much higher and i mean it's it's really good healthcare you've got someone i call my agent and say hey i want to do this and she just coordinates you know with the doctors and does all that and and it doesn't take forever so that's really nice okay. uh, food i would say there's an interesting thing with when we like compare food and then alcoholic <laughs> drinks. So first of all, if you're in the really kind of I guess I would say touristy area, the most expensive part of the city, which is Poblado, there's a okay. couple parts now, but the the place where I live is called Poblado and it's it's got the nicest restaurants in town and and good quality restaurants too. So everything from steaks to, you know, now, I wouldn't say their seafood is as good as a place that's next to the coast, like the okay. seafood on the coast in Columbia, I think is better just because it's in the middle of the country, sure. but they've definitely stepped up their restaurant game and they have some really good restaurants. So the interesting thing is like, you might go and get a really good steak and the food's really good too, I should say, because a lot of it's more locally sourced and it's not coming from giant, uh, farms and, you know, sure. Being fed the same thing, stuff like that. But uh, you might get a, a really good steak for like 15, 20 bucks and a nice restaurant. I mean, we're talking like some of the, the nicest restaurants in town, which are nice. But then you might get a gin and tonic that's also $15. Okay. So there's like <laughs> it's it's really weird. Like sometimes the drinks are almost just as much as the dinner. Gotcha. Um, but not everywhere. And so in the most expensive part of town, you could go out, have an amazing dinner, have a couple drinks and like $50 max a lot of times is going to give you tons and tons of options. Okay. But then you can go the other spectrum. And if you really want to live inexpensively, I mean, you can go out to lunch and spend five bucks, you know, gotcha. and or, or less. Sure. So okay, so I think it tackles healthcare and and food in general. They also have a lot of nice services too, John. Like you know, if I want to order groceries, I just use a service and someone delivers it to my door. Oh, nice! So So, kind
0: of like the U.S. within our Instacart,
2: Uber Eats, Doordash, whatnot. Exactly, exactly. They have a company called Rappi, which actually started in Colombia. Now it's, from what I understand, like it was valued at over two billion dollars. It's a really big company. Wow. Yeah. Throughout South America. And so that you can, you can use it for all kinds of services. Like, you know, I was moving recently from one place to the next and I needed moving boxes. And so I go on the app and say, Hey, can you go get someone goes to the, the home improvement store and gets moving boxes and deliver them, delivers them to my door for <laughs> nice. really inexpensive? So services and things like that are very expensive. I mean, I have a housekeeper that it's maybe 30, 20, 30 bucks each time she comes, she comes once a week Okay, and that's, that's normal. I think the normal salary for most Colombians is like $300 a month, U.S. dollars. So very low. Very okay. low. So, any sort of labor related thing is going to be much, much less expensive than in the US. The living situation is a little different now with the giant influx of people coming in okay. uh, and wanting to live there. Medellin specifically, it's pretty well built out. It's a city over 4 million people, and most of the buildings or most areas kind of filled in. And a okay. lot of the buildings are tall, high high rises and okay. they have a lot of people that have lived there for a long time con uh, like within condos for example and they have HOA restrictions and so a lot of these properties restrict someone from coming in and living there short term but it's also hard to get a long term lease as a foreigner too so okay. there's a there's a lot of pressure on short-term rentals and i'm sure you can find a lot of good accommodations for like maybe a thousand twelve hundred and fifty bucks for a small like one bedroom or studio but you could also spend like four grand a month five you know for a for a nicer two bed three bed type place just because there's so much demand now on short-term rentals gotcha okay makes sense
0: no, uh, looking back, Tim, I know you and I first met in person at the Real Estate Guys Summit in Belize back in 2021. Mm-hmm. And now Belize, I really like because you know English is the primary language and very widely spoken. Is that the same case in Colombia, or do you have to brush up
2: on your Espanol there? You got to brush up on your Espanol. Yeah, it's, right. it's not it's not quite there yet. I would say Bogota, the, the capital, has a lot more English speakers than Medellin. But again if you're in the the much more touristy area more people are going to speak English but you go outside of that and English isn't going to be super common. Okay. You know, it's interesting though like my my best friends are expats also, you know, that have moved okay. from all over the world which is a the the cool thing and it keeps it interesting. People a lot of people have landed on Medellin as a place to live. And from all over the world. So my background used to always be real estate, real estate, real estate. You know, all my friends were coming from some sort of real estate background. And now I've got friends that are doing all different types of things, running businesses remotely from all over the place. And so a lot of times I'm speaking English with just my friends, you know, gotcha. you go out to the restaurants and stuff and they're going to understand you at the nicer restaurants and speak a little more English there too. All right. Or worst case, I uh,
0: just get the Duolingo app or
2: I uh, get a good Google translator. <laughs> yeah. Google's pretty impressive now with their their translator. I mean, I've used it recently too in, in places where my, my Spanish is pretty good now, but I can Thailand, for example, example oh. or I went to Ukraine a couple years ago before everything's that's going on there now. And I remember looking at the menu and it was in Russian Oof. and there was no... No pictures, nothing like that. Right? Like, oh, gosh. You, you pull your your Google Translator out now, and you can just hold your camera over different languages, and it will translate it in real time. It is the craziest wow. thing. Yeah, even from you know Russian, whatever Chinese, whatever it happens to be. So the translator is pretty good now. But if you're going to actually live somewhere, it's definitely worth. Learning the language, yeah. not m- maybe because you need to, but you can just connect with everyone so much better than you can if you're always having to to translate something. All right. Sounds good.
0: Now, as we round this out, Tim, you know, just thinking for anyone out there, maybe not so much a retiree, but maybe an expat, you know, digital nomad, which, you know, COVID kind of exacerbated that for mm-hmm. anyone out there that's looking to, you know, start a business, move their business, expand their business, etc. and then settle in Colombia, how business friendly is the, you know, the country as a whole or maybe
2: like individually some of the cities. So, they just got a new president who is not a uh, business as business friendly <laughs> as the prior president. It hasn't affected me in any way. And from what I understand, okay. even though he is not as business friendly, there is still, he doesn't have enough of the house to actually make decisions that are really impact. But, you know, you never know. I think one of the things that I like about Columbia is that it's still. There's so much opportunity there still. I mean, it is definitely less developed than the US and there's just still a lot of opportunity there and it's just easier to to do things. So real estate construction, for example, they have all of their properties, especially in the the higher tourism areas. It's all zoned out online. You can go on the computer with the city and you can see what's allowed there and they have a permitting process, but they don't have like unnecessary stuff, you know, where there's like two years of regulations before you (laughs) embark on a business opportunity. So I really like that about it still hard to say what it'll be like in the future, but I I think there's a lot of opportunity there.
0: Okay. So it's not like the uh, people's Republic of California, where I think I read on average, it's, I think it was like $36,000 to set up like even just a,
2: you know, like a taco stand or a regular business. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm from California originally. And so I'm, I've been through some of those fun loops, you know, trying to accomplish things and stuff. So no, I would say it's not like that. Gotcha. Good to know. So, all right.
0: Well, as a final note, Tim, And again, I want to, you know, thank you for the time to join us on the podcast here. If anyone's interested in reaching out, learning more about you and your company, and maybe even, you know, some deeper questions that we didn't cover about Columbia, what's the best Mm -hmm. way to reach out and find you?
2: Yeah, they can go to restmethods.com and okay. uh, I've got a bunch of resources on there on how to operate short-term rentals remotely. But uh, I also have a podcast, Short-Term Rental Riches, and you can find that on all of the outlets. And I do talk about living remotely on there from time to time as well. So either one, they can, they can find me there. Sounds
0: good. And for those uh, listening, driving, working out, whatever, I'll have these all in the show notes as well for you to check out at your leisure. Tim, it's been great having you on the show again and best of luck to you as you continue your business uh, down in Columbia. Thanks, Sean. Good to see you again.
1: Thank you for listening. Be sure to share, rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. For more updates, check out www.wealthandfreedomnexus.com. Remember, nothing on this show should be considered tax, legal, investment, or professional advice. This show is produced solely for educational and informational purposes. Please consult an appropriate and licensed tax, legal, real estate, or business professional for specific advice for your situation. For distribution or publication rights or media interviews, please contact the host.